Hello, I'm Dr. Kylie Fisher. Welcome to Heavenly Harmonies. You know, when Jesus was here on earth, he performed many miracles and each of the miracles that he had performed had tremendous spiritual significance. One of his most famous miracles was to feed a crowd of over 5,000 people. So what is the spiritual significance of this miracle? Well, today we're going to look at the lovely hymn, Break Thou the Bread of Life, and find out what it has to say to us. So stay with me as we discover how this hymn can draw us nearer to the heart of God. We have been looking at different hymns that are really prayers. And our hymn for today is once again another beautiful prayer. And so as we realize that this is a prayer, um, it can help us to understand the meaning of the words better. So let's think about this beautiful hymn, Break Thou the Bread of Life. And let's begin with the first verse. Break thou the bread of life. Dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea, beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. So let's have a look at what this um, what this song means. And so I think the best place to start is actually with the second line of the song, which says. Uh, which speaks about Jesus breaking the loaves beside the sea. So this is referring to a miracle that Jesus performed when he was here on earth. This miracle actually was more towards the end of his ministry. And um, we, we may speak more about the significance of that because this this is a every one of Jesus' miracles has tremendous significance, tremendous spiritual significance. But this is one of the, the really key turning points in the life of Christ and in, in his ministry. Uh, let's just have a bit of a look at what the Gospels have to say to us about this miracle. So this is one of the few miracles that is recorded in all four Gospels. And um, we're mainly going to be looking at it in John chapter 6. So Matthew, Mark and Luke, you might have heard them referred to as the synoptic gospels. They um, have quite different content to the gospel of John. And yeah, so Matthew, Mark and Luke, they're all quite similar in their content. John... Um, explores probably more deeply than any of the other Gospels um, the, the spiritual significance of the acts and the words of Christ. So so it's quite different, you know. But each of the four Gospels has, um, has you know, makes a contribution to our understanding of the ministry of Christ. So, you know, without um, each of the four, uh, we, we wouldn't have a complete picture of Christ. 
and his ministry. So, and I mean, even as it is, uh, like John at the end of his gospel says that Jesus did so many other things that were not recorded in in the gospels. But what has been recorded um, is given to us that we can have salvation. So that's the really, really key point. So, yeah, let's let's have a look at the account of this miracle in John chapter 6. So and it says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Um, and so on. And it, it goes through the process of of how um, they brought five barley loaves and two small fishes to Jesus. And so let's just have a look at what Jesus did in verse 10. So verse 10 says, Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Verse 11 says, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. So this was the tremendous miracle that that Jesus performed. He not only fed um you know, 5,000 men plus women and children. But then John chapter 6 and verse 12 says um, says that when they'd all had enough to eat, when they were filled, Jesus said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. So this was a tremendous miracle and that is what um, this song is talking about when it says, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea. So Jesus performed this miracle. um, But as I was saying before, each one of Jesus' miracles had a particular purpose and it had spiritual significance. Now we can see this from the book of Mark, chapter 2, and this was um, another miracle that Jesus did. Right at the beginning of the chapter is recorded a miracle where there was a man that had palsy. So he was paralyzed. And so um, his friends actually, the, the house was so crowded where Jesus was that his friends actually removed the roof tiles from the flat roof and they let him down, let um, this, this crippled man down right at Jesus' feet. And so... Jesus healed this man and just before he healed the man, he said something really, really significant. So Mark chapter 2 and verse 10 says, uh, well, let's actually pick it up in chapter 9. Jesus said, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. Then verse 10 says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. So here we see that Jesus healed this man that was sick um, and it was designed to teach a spiritual lesson. And the spiritual lesson of this miracle was that 
that Christ has power to forgive sins. So, so we can see from this that every one of Christ's miracles had tremendous spiritual significance. And we can see also, particularly from the account in John, we see, we get some real insights into the spiritual significance of Jesus, you know, feeding a multitude from five loaves and two fishes. Um, and so this song actually really explains beautifully the significance of this. And so, yeah, so it says there at the beginning of verse one, break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me. And, you know, that's sort of a little obscure. And I think the the meaning of this um, song and the, the meaning of this miracle becomes more apparent as we go through the song. But um, line three of the first verse, I think, um, sort of explains a little bit more, break thou the bread of life, because it says there, beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. So what would the sacred page be? Well, clearly that's talking about the pages of the Bible. And, you know, even in Old Testament times, um, the word of God was spoken of as, as food. It was spoken of as bread. So, yeah, there's a few plays in the Old Testament, actually, that speak about this. Um, the first one is, or the first one that we're going to look at, is Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, which says that, it's referring to when the Israelites were in the wilderness, God miraculously fed them with manna for 40 years while they were there. Um, so, so referring to that, it says that God fed the Israelites with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So so that was the spiritual significance of, you know, just even this miracle in the wilderness, which obviously didn't happen during Jesus' life on earth. Um, so, yeah, this, this miracle that, that God worked for the Israelites for 40 years um, had a spiritual significance, and it was to teach the Israelites that we don't just live by physical food, but we need the life of God to sustain us. We need God's power just even to live and to survive. And his power is in his word. Um, let's look at another verse about this. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. So Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. And so... That says to us, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So, yeah, here we see clearly that God's word is likened to bread. And so... Uh, Of course, we do not literally eat the pages of the Bible. That is not what it means. But it means to think about the word of God, to assimilate it into our lives and to live by the word just as we live by physical food. So, yeah, beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. And so, yeah, my spirit pants for thee. That sort of has a reference to um, Psalm 
chapter 42 and verse 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, As the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So, yeah, I, I think this is really beautiful because we have spoken in other programs about how what God calls us to is not just a formal relationship where we're just, you know, doing rites and ceremonies. There are ceremonies in the Christian religion, um, you know, I mean, I guess going to church, you know, just even praying in the morning, you know, th- these are sort of, I guess, rituals in a sense that we do in the, in the sense that we do them every day or every week, you know, on a weekly basis, we we go to church. Um, And then there's other things like baptism and there's communion service and and various other things like this that are, yeah, you know, they're rights, but uh, as in R-I-T-E-S, but God is not just calling us to just participate in these things as a formal thing. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. So God is calling us into a personal relationship with him. And he wants us to, yeah, experience a relationship that's as, you know, in in a sense, as, as real and tangible as, as eating food. And, and that's how, you know, real our relationship to him should seem. So... Um, and that, that's how necessary our relationship to him should seem. You know, just even if you're, you know, a bit late for a meal, especially if you've been working hard, you know, you really start to get hungry and you're just really longing for food. And and so um, that's that's how it should be with, with when we're studying God's word. You know, we should just be longing for and looking forward to that time to spend with him. If we don't feel that longing in our hearts, we can pray and we can ask him for that. Okay, so let's keep going with the second verse of this hymn. Bless thou the truth, dear Lord, to me, to me, as thou didst bless the bread by Galilee. Then shall all bondage cease, all fetters fall, and I shall find my peace, my all in all. So, you know, when we come to to study God's word, I think this verse is saying to me that we really need God's help. And yeah, this is conveyed in the miracle that Jesus did. So uh, as as we were reading before, John chapter 6 and verse 11, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. Um, and as I said, this is uh, this miracle, I think I said that, that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Uh, just let's just have a look in Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. And so Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19 says that Jesus commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break. So, so there that's got the, like in John, it says that he gave thanks. In Matthew, it says that he blessed the bread. And so in the same way, we need um, Christ to be with us to help us to understand the Bible. It's just so, so vital that, you know, before we do study God's word, that we spend time in prayer and that we, you know, just constantly as we're studying through God's word, that we do have an attitude of humility um, and pleading with God to understand God's word because 
because sadly, the Bible shows that that Satan actually knows the Bible really well, and he can misquote it as actually we were speaking last episode about the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, in the second temptation, the devil quoted the words of Scripture, but he misapplied them. And so the same thing can happen, you know, even if we're studying the Bible, if we do not have the help of Christ, you know, we will misunderstand and we can misapply the word of God. So we need to have constant attitude of humility, pleading with God to understand his word. And so, yeah, when we're you know, if we're praying this hymn as a prayer or if we're singing it, yeah, I think that that's such a really important attitude to have, you know, as we're thinking about it and as we're approaching it. So let's go on then to the third verse, because I think this brings out um, still more plainly the spiritual significance of this miracle that Jesus did, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 plus. So verse three says, thou art the bread of life, O Lord, to me, thy holy word, the truth that saveth me. Give me to eat and live with thee above. Teach me to love thy truth. For thou art love. Now, in order to um, to understand this miracle and the response of the Jewish people in Christ's day to it, it is really helpful if we understand circumstances at that time and a little bit about the history of the Jewish people. Now, the Jewish nation, uh, we know from the book of Exodus that they actually was became slaves in Egypt for a while. That was because of their unfaithfulness to God. But God miraculously delivered them from slavery and he brought them out. He brought them to Mount Sinai and there amidst fire and thunder and, you know, amazing display of God's power, he um, declared his law to them and he offered that he would be their God and that they were to be his people. And Israel, they promised to serve God. But sadly, they were not faithful to their promise. And um, so because they departed from God, as we were reading in a previous program, Amos 3 verse 3, can two walk together except they be agreed. Because Israel departed from God, God could no longer help them. And so they came again, time and time again, into slavery to other nations. And finally, by the time of Christ, they were under the rulership and under the government of the ancient Empire of Rome. We know from history, we also know from the Bible, Rome was a cruel power represented in Daniel chapter 2 by legs of iron because Rome was just a power that crushed all other powers under its feet. And it um, actually in Daniel chapter 7, it says that it trampled the whole earth under its feet and it just devoured the whole earth. So this, you know, it was a terrible time to be alive. And the Jewish nation at the time of Christ was groaning under the heel of of Roman oppression. And so the people had lost sight of their purpose, that they were on earth um, and that their purpose as a nation was to reveal the character of God. They hated their Roman rulers and they thirsted for revenge against them. And so what they were expecting, as they saw in the Bible, promises of a deliverer, 
Um, sadly, they misunderstood the word of God and they misapplied the word of God and they thought that the, the deliverer, the saviour that was coming, the Messiah, that he was going to drive out the hated Romans and he was going to make them the rulers of the whole world. And so you can imagine the feelings of these people as Christ performs this amazing miracle, feeds a whole crowd of people, and already they had seen other miracles that he did. As we were reading in um, John chapter 6, the reason why people followed Jesus was, John chapter 6 verse 2 says, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. So when, yeah, here was this amazing, um, amazing person that could heal all of the sick, you know, if anybody was hurt in, in this battle with Rome. He was a leader that could heal all of the sick. He could provide an army with food. And they thought, this is the deliverer. This is the one that is going to drive out the Romans and he is going to make us rulers over the world. And, and so that was what they were hoping for. So that's that's just what it says in John chapter 6 and verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Verse 15 says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. So Jesus did not come to earth to establish a an earthly kingdom. The Bible does speak about that there will be a new earth and that God will recreate the earth. But that's not what Jesus came to earth to do the first time. He came to set up the kingdom of grace in our hearts and to change our hearts and to change our lives. And so the the, the day following this tremendous miracle, Jesus tried to explain this, um, we did explain it, to the Jewish people when he said they came looking for him. Um, John chapter 6 and verse 35 says it most plainly. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But sadly, we can read in John chapter 6, And verse 66, it says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So they were not interested in this spiritual kingdom that Christ offered. But the the person singing this song or praying this song, hopefully it's you. Hopefully this is a prayer that you would like to pray. Thou art the bread of life, O Lord, to me. Thy holy word, the truth that saveth me. So when so many of his disciples went back and chose not to follow Christ, um, Jesus said to the 12, the 12 disciples, he said to them, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and assure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. So yeah, once you've tasted of the love of Christ, Sometimes you are tempted, you know, is it really worth it? But, you know, when you when you stop and think about things, you just start to realise, where else can we go? And, uh, yeah, that's certainly been my experience. Um, I hope that that will also be your experience and, yeah, that you can really make the words of this song your own. So then the final verse, spirit and life are they, words thou dost speak. I hasten to obey, but I am weak. Thou art my only help. Thou art my life. Heeding thy holy word, 
I win the strife. So it's through um, the word of God that we can win this battle against evil, this battle against sin. And yeah, so so that final verse, I think, is full of confidence. So yeah, just a beautiful hymn. So uh, let's listen now to Fountain View singing this lovely song, Break Thou the Bread of Life. Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to Son of the living God. 
Do you want to say with Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Let's say a brief prayer um, that God will help us to make the experience of this song our own. Dear Lord, we're so grateful um, for the life of Christ and for what he has to offer us and that he offers us something far better than what we ourselves could ever long for. Um, you know, we might be tempted to um, to long for things of this world, dear God, but Christ offers us things that will never fade away, eternal peace, eternal joy, eternal love. Dear Lord, I just pray that um, we can realize these amazing blessings through our relationship with Christ and that we can find um, the words of the Bible and the life of Christ himself to be spirit and life to us. So yeah, pray that that may be my experience and the experience of all those listening to this broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you so much for joining me today on Heavenly Harmonies. Uh, remember, you can email us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join me again next time to discuss another lovely hymn. Until then, goodbye and God bless. <laughs>